0: Well, it, you know, the Sports Spotlight, even though it's a Sunday, it never stops shining. And this week, I want to bring back a buddy of mine, uh, like a brother, right? Uh, Luigi Squeegee Castillo. Uh, I'm so glad to have you back, sir.
1: Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. You are my my big brother, man. Uh, so many years of, of knowing each other. And in your story is unique uh, with George Steinbrenner. And, you know, we have to be thankful for that man for taking us a lot of youth off the streets uh, from the Bronx, New York, and from the New York tri-state area. Well, uh, you know, we, we all have unique stories, and we're thankful to Mr. Steimer and the Steimer and the family and the Yankees.
0: Well, look at Ray Grome posted again today about how, you know, the Yankees continue to visit public schools. And to me, like, the legacy never ends, and that's something he and Raymond and you and Nick Singh are all picking up and, and carrying
1: yeah, it's, it's very important,
0: uh, Alex, uh, what Steinbrenner has done
1: when he was an owner and coming to the Bronx and visiting these uh, diverse schools and, you know, uh, showing that he cares and it's not just baseball and, and Ray Nagrone carrying on that tradition and, and trying to pass down that baton to me, Nick, and, and a couple of us, and also a new bat boy, uh, Alex Rodriguez now, who's with the Yankees on the home side, uh, also does a lot of charity, you know, for for his, uh, his community. So uh, Steinbrenner, definitely his legacy. We appreciate what he's done for so many, and we just want to continue it. And uh, hopefully we uh, can make peace and love in this world for our uh, following generation.
0: You know, I was just thinking that the current bat boy, Alex Rodriguez, and then Sort of the bad boy was in the in the picture big time when Aaron Judge was on his way to 62. So I got to ask you this because we all know you were there uh, in 1998, and that was one day. Okay, we're not talking about a stretch of games. We're talking about one day. But the anticipation of a perfect game—would you equate that to the anticipation of 62? Is there a similarity there? And as a bad boy, how would you have handled that with the same? Would you have handled it with the same common demeanor that you did with David Cohn's perfect game?
1: Wow, that's a that's a great question, Alex. Um, the perfect game uh, wasn't expected, uh, so it, there there are similarities because it's pressure, but um, that where difference what the difference is is, Judge knew what he was going for, and you know it, it mounted pressure for him. But I think Alex Rodriguez, the Bat Boy, uh, carried himself with. Uh, I I consider Alex his good luck charm. And why? Because you see how a bat boy is very important in a lot of these players' uh, lives during the season because the bat boy takes a lot of pressure off these players on and off the field. And, you know, David Cohn's perfect game, uh, you know, it was just like a regular normal day and there was a rain delay. And um, usually starters don't come back to uh, play in a game. They usually take them out so they, you know, Preserved the player from getting injured. So uh, David wanted to go back out there and told Torrey he wanted to go back out there. And uh, as later on, you know, in the third inning when the rain delay happened, he didn't have anybody to warm up. So he called upon my name. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, that me and David, everyone thinks that, you know, we build the relationship after the perfect game. Before the perfect game in 1998, I did a lot of warming up with David Cohn during batting practice. And Mel Stalemeyer. and um, David would teach me how to pitch, almost like a father to son kind of little combo. Because I was a pitcher in in a summer league, and I wanted to become a better pitcher. And David took his time to uh, teach me his skills to add it on to mine, and and it, and it worked out. So on the perfect, during the perfect game, rain delay, uh, the day of his perfect game, the rain delay, he asked me to warm him up because. Joe Girardi was, you know, getting ready to put on his gear and he needed to go right on the spot. And he only had like probably 15, 20 minutes to warm up. So I was walking out the clubhouse door and uh, David Cohn called me and said, hey, you got a ball squeeze? You got a glove? I said, I got one and I got one in hand. And we warmed up in the vials of Yankee Stadium and uh, take people back in the old stadium. The pipes were real low in the tunnel right in front of the Yankees clubhouse. So Cone was skipping him off the roof and felt kind of bad for me and said, hey, Squeed, you want to go on the field and continue warming up? And at this point, you know, I was nervous more than probably he was because he never showed any nervousness on the mound. Uh, he was a gamer. And we did more warming up, and um, I skipped one back to him, the last one. Nonchalant picks it up, and uh, he throws the ball back to me. He goes, thank you, kid. And I kept the ball in my back pocket, not thinking about a perfect game, Uh, Just basically, you know, I warmed up with my childhood idol during a a game that he started. And in the ninth inning, he pitches a perfect game, a pop-up to Scott Brocious, and he drops his knees like a kid. And uh, it's one of the most uh, historical moments in in Yankee history, Uh, and it couldn't happen to a better man, Mr. David Cohn. And, you know, to compare that to Aaron Judge, the, the moment is big because a perfect game rarely happens, and you don't see a lot of 60 plus home run hitters and chasing Bay roof and, and and Roger Maris records. So, uh, you know, yes, it has the similarities, but the difference is, you know, one was a pitcher and one was a hitter and, and one was my good friend. And I'm just so happy for Aaron judge that what he's doing and, and kind of being the captain and hopefully he returns to the Yankees because he is a true leader and you can see, a David Cohn and Derek Jeter and him in, a, in in the Yankee clubhouse.
0: Am I allowed to talk about what we texted about after the, the ALCS ended, which was Coney for manager? I mean, look,
1: yes, Aaron,
0: yes. <laughs> Aaron's coming back, But down the road, look, Coney's great with you. He He's great on. Yes. He's great on ESPN. He has the managerial chops. Doesn't he?
1: Um, A lot of people say it. And, uh, you know, people might think I'm biased because, uh, you know, he's my good buddy, my good friend. Excuse me. But David really brings that old school feel, Alex. And he's into the analytics. No one's better than David at this. And, and, you know, not putting it and saying, disrespecting anyone in the game, like that, that, that our analysts and our reporters and our broadcasters. But David brings you, both in one and even when i'm sitting with him at at his couch at his apartment in the city he's just into games he knows about minor leaguers he sits there and tells me things i never knew of and it blows my mind and when he's calling a game in a broadcast he he just makes you feel uh like you're there at the stadium and and you're he gives you the visual and that's unique and and he's a he's a a player's You know, he if he was to coach, he would definitely be a player-friendly manager or coach because uh, he knows the game. He knows that it has a heartbeat. And, you know, he's just, you know, what his eye sees, he calls it. So we need that kind of stuff because numbers aren't always right. But he plays both sides of the fence, which is amazing to see and a talent to have and a skill to have. So I think, you know, hopefully one day down the road, Uh, you know, that he either manages, which I really would love to see him be a manager for, if it's not the Yankees, maybe back home in Kansas City where he started, or maybe for the Mets or the Blue Jays, but David definitely belongs, uh, you know, calling the game and and managing the game.
0: Right, especially because, you know, it's a sunset almost for a guy like Dusty Baker, who's 73 now, so my point is that the older managers, the old guard is leaving, right? And so, eventually, so Maybe David should be in the wings. Okay, I want to get mm-hmm. to talk, uh, one lucky baseball, but before that, I asked Raymond Avila, this uh, former Bat Boy, as well. Do you guys mm-hmm. have connections with the current Bat Boys? Yeah, I have a connection with
1: Alex Rodriguez uh, through Ray Negron. We did a, a community service event together in the Bronx for CS Fifty Five School. Uh, great kid. Um, he asked me for some tips uh, of, you know, being a bat boy and how was it during the dynasty era. Uh, We talk a lot through Instagram. Uh, We direct message each other. He's a good kid. Um, Definitely, uh, like Ray Negron passed the baton to me from the 70s to the 90s. And I feel the baton now is Alex. And I was pulling for him to get a World Series championship because the kid's been there a couple of years and, and the players love him. And you can see the way he carries himself on and off the field. And uh, you know, I, I told him, you know, I wish him always the best, and I'm pulling for him to get this World Series ring so he can be a part of the Bat Boy Fraternity Championship Club.
0: All right in '98, all my. When you heard the comparisons to '98, were you like, "Let's calm down a minute. It's only the first half of the season." You know, they got another. <laughs> I mean, we were up like what 25 games in the first right, half. Right, 15, and- isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you know it, it's that was a, a great atmosphere to be a part of. Um, that team is the probably the I put that team up against any New York Yankees team or any baseball team, past, uh, current, and 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 past because uh, those guys in every position and even the utility guys and and starters and relief pitchers knew the role. Uh, everybody gave a hundred percent every day, and. You when you lost the game, it wasn't a lot of losing streaks. I mean, towards the end, we I, we went into the playoffs like kind of limping, but we we won 125 games and 50 losses combined with playoffs and World Series and regular season. I mean, these guys were winners. Uh, you took the ball; it didn't matter if it was David Wells, uh, David Cone, uh, Andy Pettit. You know, uh, it didn't matter who it was. <laughs> el duque it just didn't matter you knew you were going to get a quality start and you knew you were going to get the best out of them and you know from the hitter standpoint you had guys we had defense and offense it was like these guys never made a mistake and it feels like they had like cold hearts and no pressure and that's the kind of team that you want to see every time take the field i guess us yankee fans alex uh i'm i'm saying it myself uh we got spoiled, so when we lose now, it it, it kind of hits harder because time, all, the, right? oh. all those yeah, all those years of winning, you got you know Steinbrenner got us accustomed to being the best, and that '98 team set the standard and set the bar high. And as a bat boy, when I was in the dugout and or in the clubhouse, I mean these guys would just talk about it. Didn't matter who was pitching against us. Could have been Pedro Martinez. I mean, Pedro is, is a Hall of Famer. And we were not intimidated. Uh, players were intimidated to come to the Bronx, the old Yankee Stadium. And I feel now, because I've been to a couple of games at the new stadium, I don't feel these the visiting players are intimidated. Like, they feel like they're comfortable. And, you know, seeing the Houston Astros uh, and their fan base at our stadium, I was in shock to see how many uniforms of the Houston Astros and t-shirts that were in the stands in the new stadium in the old stadium. You saw like one or two Boston fans, but I mean, they had sections. So I don't feel that we're intimidating uh, teams anymore because you know, the New York Yankees in 1998 and the dynasty run, we were tough to beat and they were like, you know, we were target. Now we are the chasers. So it's, it it makes it more different now.
0: All right. I didn't mean to go down memory lane. I just want to talk to you about your book. (laughs) Before we get there again, you meant you know, as you're talking about this 25 years next year, isn't that crazy? Um, but that Bam Tino grand slam, take us through that at bat, take us through that moment because obviously it was a changing moment in that world series.
1: Oh man, we were, we were down in uh, big Bambino Tino, I call him, uh, Tito, uh, you know he he always used to talk to his bats before uh, before batting practice and see if they had hits in them for the game, and you know he was very calm, focused, BB eyes, ready, locked in, and when he was on the on deck circle, he was he put on the the weighted uh, the heavy weight on the bat, and he's swinging and he's taking these swings and you hear the whoop, and I'm right in right like below him in the dugout. And you just see him practicing against the pitcher, like timing him. And when he got to the plate and you hear the silence in the crowd. And when he took that hat and that ball went to the upper tank, I mean, come on. You know, the the stadium wanted to crumble, come down. We're in the dugout. Don Zimmer, who's like at that time, probably like 60 in his 60s, mid 60s. He literally t- jumped up. I never seen an old man jump up like that onto the top step and just pump his fist. And the emotion in that dugout and just seeing Tino around first base and we knew it was a grand slam. And all the players just jumping like little kids uh, on in the biggest stage of them all, the World Series. Couldn't happen to a better guy like Tino Martinez because uh, he he had to fill some big shoes of, you know, the Don Mattingly era. Absolutely, Yeah, and and, yeah. Yep. And, and I feel, and I want to say this, I feel he did a great job. And, you know, the first year was rough for him. So that was like a big moment for Tino because like the Donnie baseball, the little monkey on his back got off and Tino baseball was introduced. And and I mean, a sweet guy couldn't happen to a better guy. And uh, he helped us win that game, man. And, you know, it was an incredible moment for Yankee fans and for the Yankee organization.
0: I can't tell if you're trying to take a breath or you're crying right now over that, but it's uh, <laughs> so Yeah, I got uh
1: you you're taking me back down uh almost twenty-five years. And um, you know, Alex, when you, you I still see these guys and when when I talk to you in George Steinbrenner, good luck charm, um, and, and just going down the history with Rainer Grown in the seventies, uh you you see these guys now and you, you just get a chuckle when you see each other and you, you go down the same way I'm talking with you uh, and we go down memory lane. And, and as you get older and you get far removed from the moment, uh, you appreciate it more uh, because you don't see it as often. And, and when they do replays or Yankee classics and you see yourself and you see the, the, the old players and, and, and the great moments, uh, you appreciate it more because these are stories you could tell your kids and your grandkids.
0: And you have <laughs> you <wrote> a book <laughs> called One Lucky. See the segue there. Uh, One Lucky <laughs> Baseball. I feel like it's, it uh, it's inspired... called the the Lucky Baseball. The Lucky Baseball. Sorry, yeah, and... yeah, it took. Okay. But but that was inspired by your kids, right? Because it is, it is an illustrated book for kids.
1: Yeah, uh, Louis Castillo, my youngest son, uh, Chuchi, uh, he drew Squeegee, the cartoon character, and uh, this is a, a a kids' book that I. It took a year for me to write. And I wanted to give hope and inspiration and the never give up mentality to the youth now. Uh, just the George Steinbrenner way, the way he taught us. And, you know, this is a, a story of a kid trying to fit into society myself. Uh, I wasn't accepted in the beginning. And then uh, I found mentors along my journey of life. Uh, the David Cones, the Dallas Strawberries, the Derek Jeter's, the Raina Groans, uh, Tina Lewis, uh, the bleacher creature who helped me get the job. And this book is also just paying thank yous to these mentors, uh, making me the man that I am today because it takes a village to raise a child and a village raised me.
0: That is, uh, and and I know because you're choked up because of that village mentality from 25 years ago. So tell us how you got there and, and maybe retell it because I had you on a couple of years ago already. Maybe we got to refresh the memory of our listeners. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, it, it This wouldn't all be possible. It wasn't for... First and foremost, my mom, uh, Milagros Reyes, who lent me the $6 to go to the to the Yankee game and sit in the right field bleachers with the bleacher creatures. And um, I went with my buddy Alex uh, in 96, and we sat in this lady's seat. And we didn't know that, you know, they were assigned seats in the bleachers. So we sat in our seat, and my friend Alex used profanity. And we got kicked out. I never got to see batting practice. I never even got to see the game. And when I got back home, my mom said, what are you doing? The Yankee game's on TV. She had it in the living room with my dad. And I told her what happened. And the next day, I asked her for six more dollars, uh, went back. And um, not knowing if I would ever see this lady, because I didn't know she was a regular, uh, I bumped into her again. And I apologized on my friend's behalf. And that day, she said, you're nothing like your friend. And uh, I'm glad that, you know, you came back and apologized. That shows character and personality. And I we became friends that whole season. I would go to every Yankee game with her. I would sit next to her. She introduced me to all the bleacher creatures who are well-known now, who do roll call. And um, I told her what my dream was. Uh, I had saw Joe Lee, who was a bat boy at the time. And I saw him on the field, and I would shout his name during batting practice. Yo, Joe Lee! And uh, he would, you know, wave. And in, 90, in 97, Tina Lewis helped me write a letter to uh, Sonny Hyatt Baseball Operations and Tom May, uh, the executive offices. And they granted me a, a job interview. And in 90, at the end of 97, like around this time, I did my interview. I met Brian Cashman. Uh, I met Luke Kakuza, Rob Kakuza, the equipment managers. And they took me on the field and we did a little bit of warming up. And uh, the rest is history. They wrote a letter back in February because I had good grades in school. And they said, uh, welcome to the 1998 New York Yankees Bat Boy staff.
0: I mean, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's an old, that's a story only in New York. I swear to God. That's an old <laughs> story. Yeah.
1: Hey, it's like, you know, uh, Rainer Grown 2, his story is unique. Uh, doing graffiti on a wall and George Steinbrenner catches him and gives him a second opportunity Uh, The New York Yankees organization helped a lot of people, whether you worked at the stadium as a security guard or vendor, grounds crew or bat boy or, you know, trainers, you name it. Uh, George gave a lot of opportunity to many people in New York. And uh, I'm one that can say on my behalf that I'm so grateful because it saved my life. Um, It changed my life. And at the same time, it, it took me from probably going down a negative road. And that's why I always would thank uh, Steinbrenner and the Steinbrenner family and the Yankee organization for.
0: I know. And, and hearing how b booed at the stadium is rough because we know them behind the scenes. We know they're trying their best and, and their dad obviously has just been the, the stalwart. Even if he's not here, he's still here, you know. So, mm-hmm. And for me as a kid, you know, being welcomed by him, that was just fun and exciting as a kid going to the baseball games.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing you. I remember seeing you in front of the clubhouse. Now
0: I realize the impact of that because he connected me to people like yourself, like Ray, and it's like his legacy for me Mm -hmm. uh, left for me is continuing in the adult world now, if you will, because I get to talk to all of you and get to know you uh, as people beyond just you know that little kid rolling around, and I love that.
1: Yeah, and you know what's so unique about it, Alex, is we come, we all come from different walks, and. But look how love we have for each other because of Steinbrenner. That's what he wanted to build. He he wanted to build love, winning, and and culture. And you know, and he was always a person about second chances and and helping people out. And that's what this world needs more of. And I guess we're doing his work for him. Still, you know, uh he, he's gone, he's removed, but he's watching over us and we're we're still continuing, me, you, Ray, and a couple of other people, even players that you see doing charities like Jeter, Judge, uh Cone, uh, you name it, you know, and, and El Duque, all these guys still helping kids, you know, and, and that's what George was about because tradition carries on. I mean, it's a father and son game. And uh, you know, you, you wanna see fathers take their kids to uh to a Yankee game and, and learn the history from when the Yankees started till now not just the dynasty run, not just the great moments, just enjoying some, you know, Yankee love baseball. That's what I call it. And, um, you know, just giving each other the opportunity to create memories together and, and baseball saved a lot of people's lives. And George did, you know, a wonderful job in that. And I'm so grateful for that organization for that.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, we're getting to the darker months. I mean, I know it's Christmas time the lights, but I always Mm -hmm. think talking baseball as we hit these colder months, does something mm-hmm. for the serotonin, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the holidays,
1: man. Uh, you know, uh, I'll be honest, this is the depressing months for me. Why? Because uh, baseball's out, but um, you look forward to uh, you know, new moves, new uh, new uh, players that are coming in or people that are gonna get let go, and and you see what comes for next, what the product is going to be for next year for the Yankees. And, um, you know, uh, I wish baseball was all year round, uh, but, you know, you, you just pray for the best. I mean, uh, it was a great year. Uh, I, we fell short and I know it's a failed season when you fall short because of the runs that the Yankees have had in the past, but, you know, pluses came out of this year. Uh, you had guys that never gave up uh, that Cleveland series was kind of tough. And you you saw a character in a team that resembled to the 98 team. Uh, They fought back. They didn't give up. And you just hope that uh, Cashman and the the brand can just add a couple of more pieces to uh, finally, you know, get that last out and host that trophy over our heads. And they're close. They're very close. And I feel they're doing a great job. Uh, I mean, you have to fail in order to appreciate the glory.
0: Well, can you imagine? You got Harrison Bader. Can you imagine Bader, Judge, and Cabrera a full year? Like, I don't know. Oh I- man, it's I- it's I'm a, very optimistic it, about that idea. Yeah, it's a very young
1: outfield. Uh, I think uh, the rookie uh, presented himself well. Bader just showed that he can he can produce. And we all know what it is. It's why the cynics, of... you
0: know. Everybody was like, Oh my god, he's on the IR, and then he comes in and he becomes a darling like in a it's, month. It's like, like lightning Base... in a bottle. It's like <laughs> that's why baseball's like... amazing to me.
1: Yeah. It's like almost the uh, trade when we got David Justice in two thousand. Lightning in a bottle. He was just a perfect fit. And uh, he tore it up the half season and in, in the postseason. Uh I think Vader's gonna do good. I, I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know all these guys personally, but I from seeing as a fan now, uh, I like that outfield. Uh, I like the youth of it. It has many years together if it can stay healthy, and um, they, they can produce. I mean, Judge is young, Bader's young, and uh, and Cabrera. I mean, you you got a speedy and some
0: arms out there. You got
1: some speed out there, and you got some arms and some people that can cover ground.
0: You know, I'm glad we're talking now because I just realized the Bat Boys going on tour uh, on November 29th at the. Uh, mm-hmm. Yogi Bear Museum. A, are you there? And will will the Lucky Baseball make an appearance? Will you be doing a book tour at all? And what a great gift for the holidays, right?
1: Yeah. uh, Can't wait uh, to reunite with everyone for the Bat Boy Tour. Uh, We will be at November 29th at the Yogi Bear Museum. Uh, That is uh, something that fans should come out and see. It takes you back to the 70s with a little twist. You know, Ray. He always has his little twists. He adds things from the dynasty and uh, the 90s and talks about, you know, the good times with Steinbrenner, uh, you know, second chances. Uh, it's a roller coaster. It's emotional. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Uh, it takes you back, and it leaves you with an awe at the end. And, um, you know, everyone should come out. It, it's 20 bucks. It's to help a family in need. Uh, that's what, you know, Ray and, and the Boy cast always do. We all do it for free. Uh, No one makes money off of this. Uh, We just do this to, you know, keep the uh, Yankee, George Steinbrenner tradition alive uh, and helping people in need. And then, uh, you know, the lucky baseball. Uh, Will I be there? Yes, I will be there. I play I play Edwin. I play Ray's cousin in a gang scene. Uh, It's a very uh, important scene because it talks about gun violence, which is still going on to this day. And, you know, parents burying a child, which should never happen. Uh, should come check that scene out as well and then the whole play and the lucky baseball is going on tour I would just came back from Kansas City I spoke to a couple of kids in school I read the book Uh, they loved it and um, it's doing great on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles thank God first and um, you know it's a positive message for kids now and you know thanking my mentors and uh, we're going to Connecticut next and we're going to try to go to Miami uh, but the book's doing good, and we're gonna do a book signing probably before Christmas at the Barnes and Nobles on 81st Street with uh, Newman Springs Publishing, my company.
0: Very cool. Well, maybe we'll do a live, po- like a podcast with it. That would be so cool. Yeah,
1: that'd be hey, great.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Luigi, I, I am scrolling your Facebook feed because you, you, you got a lot going on, and I see that today mm-hmm. it, you were talking because you did lose your dad. You wanted to talk about mm-hmm. it real quick, and and I mean, is talking on a day like this easy? Is it cathartic for you?
1: Well, it was hard in the beginning. Uh, uh thank you, Alex. I appreciate that, my brother. I really do. Uh, I, I did post about my dad today. Makes twenty three years. Uh, ago that uh God gave him his wings, and uh, my dad played a pivotal role in my life. Um, you know the guy. A uh, little white lie that he told me that he was a professional, signed baseball player in the Dominican Republic, and my dad was shorter than me. Uh, said he threw 90 miles per hour and I believed him at nine years old. And that wanted me to play baseball, but he would play catch with me, uh, teach me, but he had no clue about how to play the game. But that little lie uh, made me appreciate and love baseball so much and love him so much uh, for just trying to get me to, to love something with him, um, you know, and seeing today, you know, as I talk with family members and I spoke with my mom earlier today, uh, it's no longer tears of sadness. uh, It's tears of joy. Just remembering the good times with him. uh, The short period of time I got to know him uh, being his his son and uh, the times we spent together. And, uh, you know, I wish he would have seen his grandkids, but they always resemble him. All my four kids. Uh, I almost named all of them after him (laughs) some way, (laughs) somehow, but um, you know, uh, my, my dad raised a good kid in me and, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my mom and him and, you know, to every kid out there that, you know, if you lost a parent or you lost a dad, you know, uh, they're, they're not gone. They they watch over you every day. Uh, I, I believe in that I'm very spiritual and I feel that my dad is very proud of all the accomplishments I made after, you know, his, his, his passing.
0: All right. Where- real quick. And by the way, I mean, this cultural that you talk about, do, do you pass down the culture to your kids now? Like, do you feel that not just name, but I mean, literally the culture that he created for you, I feel like you're passing it down to your kids now, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alex. Uh, I, I talk, I show my kids, you know, be, and again, I'm being biased. Uh, I don't show them any other baseball games. I show them only Yankee games and, you know, I give them the chance to let's go Yankees and my kids do it uh, from Louis Castillo, my oldest, my 14 year old, my 11 year old Steven to Zaire, 17 months. And now my my six month old uh, Easton. And, uh, you know, just seeing these kids put on a Yankee T-shirt, watch a game with me um, is something that I did with my dad. And I'm so appreciative that I I've gotten the opportunity to do it with my kids. And, uh, I got uh, that, and that's more yeah. for more more for the Yankees, uh, more Yankee fans on board for the New York
0: Yankee organization. Hey, gotta love that. All right, <laughs> I, I got. I can't let you go away without asking about the health of Chuchi, because I know that your youngest had some health scares right around the time you had COVID. I mean, that was a perfect storm. You both yeah. out of that though. So how's he doing?
1: He's doing great. Uh, Chuchi's a, a fighter, and uh, you know Stephen, and they're, they're you know I'm glad that. You know, COVID has calmed down a little bit, but um, it was some tough times a couple of years ago and a scary, scary time, especially when we were losing a lot of people. And, you know, you don't forget those people you lost. And, you know, uh, seeing my kids fight through that, they're warriors, and I'm proud of that. And, and I always teach them the importance of, you know, first take care of yourself first, and then you can take care of others. And um, I'm so proud of them. And, Lewis, I just want to give a quick shout, Alex, if you allow me. Lewis, is on honor roll in school again, uh, and I'm so proud of his work, uh, Lewis. You, I just wish you the best in life, and uh, you're a good kid, and you are a future leader, buddy. And you are the household the, uh,
0: you. You're the
1: you're the head of the house, man. And I, I love Lewis and what he represents. He's a good kid and has a bright future.
0: Oh, I love that, and that I love that you're able to say that here. That's that's awesome. Hey, one last thing. When Ray breaks mm-hmm. down telling his story affect mm-hmm. you at all like i mean we've been with them torn and tore out with this show but yeah every time it feels that extra oomph doesn't it
1: yeah ray um ray's a brother uh and if if he's listening uh you know ray I, I just gotta tell you man you you helped me out a lot brother and you know him helping letting me be a part of this and acting in it and he asks me for my opinion when we do rehearsing uh he knows I, I started as a fan watching his, his play in Long Island at the Babylon theater. And I cried the first time he gave me a ticket to watch it. And he asked me, uh, why that Roy emotion from you? I said, I wasn't born in the seventies, but just hearing your story and being a Bronx native, uh, you, you give hope and inspiration to people like me and others, you know, and, uh, just Ray's story is unique um, he's a very proud man um, i'm proud to be his friend and help so many people and he doesn't want credit for it and He has a lot of pressure that you know goes on in his life where you know he has he feels that he has to take care of so many people and 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 he doesn't stop to take time for himself and that shows a character of a man and i 'm just proud to call him a brother and I love his story and people should come check out. November 29th at uh, the Yogi Bear Museum. This wonderful uh, uh, Bronx native story, of a Bronx boy.
0: I hope you don't mind because I'm getting this idea. I got we got to feature more Bat Boys on here because this mm-hmm. is what you guys have from the seventies with Raymond, well sixties to seventies to Ray to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much to unhash. And you know the Bat Boy doesn't get enough recognition in general. It's just like a okay, kid running on the field, getting it, <laughs> going back, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, you. You, you know, uh, bat
1: boys are superheroes. Uh, Alex, you should know. You you've seen it. You're a superhero yourself. You know what goes on behind the scenes and how long hours and tough it is. Uh, and the players appreciate. The players do appreciate. And that's what people see. They think it's just picking up a bat, high in a player, or you know, cleaning their cleats and warming up with one of the players. No, that no. You have to you have to keep these guys' lockers clean. You know, you you got to do favors for them. Uh, so they can stay focused as much as possible on the game and less distractions for them. And you're almost like a babysitter to, uh, to an adult. And it's funny, right? It should be the other way around Alex where the player takes care of the bat boy and gives them advice. And usually a bat boy helps out a lot in, in these people, in these players lives. And some, some bat boys become real close with, with players. And like I said, David Cohn and Daryl Strawberry and, and a couple of Latino players like, you know, Bernie and, and Posada and, and, and Tino who I still talk to to this day and, and Ruben Sierra, uh, you know, yeah, Ruben, we, you there.
0: know, he had two tours. I think he was here in the nineties and back later in the mm-hmm. in 2005. George Steinbrenner loved them.
1: Steinbrenner loved them one because they loved horses and, and, uh, and, and Ruben loved, you know, loved the big moment and uh, always strived in the big moment. And uh, Steinbrenner brought him back the second time. That was pretty unique. Gave him a second chance. And Ruben had a couple is of always, big hits. I remember
0: tough. that back in the yeah. day. Hey, you know, yeah. while I have you, to the Yankee fan right now that does say, you know, the team should be so older, Cashman should be this, or Boone should be this. I mean, you mm-hmm. all are frustrated, right? But from your insider perspective, how do you mm-hmm. come the fan down right now? I mean, you know, this place is gonna
1: burn up, up if we that, lose. That's that. That's a good question, you know, that, Alex. And to be honest, I and I'm. This is coming from the heart. Um, cause I'm both, I worked for them before and I'm, I'm a fan and I was a fan before I worked for them. Um, I was very disappointed with a lot of Yankee fans, uh, because I understand when, even when we were playing in the dynasty era, you would boo a player cause you know, and the players would know when you're booing them. But when you overextend the boos, <clears throat> a player gets, you know, you know, frustrated too and it's not like they're not trying to get out of a slump. Trust me, they're trying. And why? Because I can tell you I've been there. I've seen players like El Duque go through a slide and they'll figure out to get back on a winning streak. You see David Cohn trying to get creative on a mound. It's not like these guys are not trying. They're trying. Jeter has gone into slumps, you know, and, and he's always working on getting his way out back when he was playing. So, you know, I was there for the Houston Astros uh, game four. We were up. 5-4 in the seventh inning. And I've never, Alex, left, never left the Yankee game in my life until the last inning. And why I left? Because I was disgusted with some of the fan base. Um, you you know You're booing and booing, and then you get happy when they score a run. It should be both ways. You should be cheering these guys on to rally for the run instead of booing them. You know, I remember
0: we used to clap for every pitch back in the day. Like, even yeah, if,
1: even I, if he failed,
0: even if even he if we're down by five, we were clapping like, yeah. right, "Here's a ball." Now we get to the next pitch. You know, like that type. Of yeah, thing. And, and exactly, Alex. So I left
1: because I, I said the atmosphere was not what it used to be, and I'm telling you, the bleacher creatures go hard. They they they're cheering to the good and the bad. You know they they're rallying behind the team and and a lot of people think that that's coming from the bleacher creatures booing that really is not coming from them. that is coming from other areas in the sections of the stadium because why I was there, and they weren't booing they yes, they get upset when they don 't score a run, but they weren't are not the ones that are standing starting the chance of fire boon and stuff like that that's not coming from the old school bleacher creatures, and I can tell you that i'm I'm taking their defense. Because, you know, they get hammered a lot for anything that happens at the stadium with visiting sure. players or anything. But they're they're diehards. They're passionate. But um, the fan base needs to relax. Give Aaron Boone a chance. I mean, guys, we've been to the playoffs every year. Every year. That's a chance. There's other organizations that don't even sniff the playoffs. You know? And, and Brian Cashman, I understand, you know, when you lose... Uh, Joe Torre always say this, when you lose, someone needs to get the blame. Someone has to take the ax, you know, and that's not right, you know, because Joe Torre believed in it, it's a team effort, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's a whole collective, you know. So Brian Cashman is doing the best that he can do, and I'm proud of what he's doing. I mean, you know, players go through slumps. I mean, sometimes you go cold at the wrong moments. It happens. But – you know, can we get better? Yes, but we can we got to do this together as a fan base, as an organization, and as the product on the field. Um, but well, we let's be give... honest here, we... but
0: mm-hmm. him, him signing IKF and Trevino were huge, okay? And correct, I, yes, I, I know that goes under the radar, but look, they were a big part of this. I know IKF struggled in the playoffs, but here was my question it's like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. be feeling it. But he was your shortstop all year. Why are you not playing him when it, until the last game? Like he should have been there consistently in the playoffs. That was my yeah my thing, and that was a cash move. He got IKF and Trevino <laughs> one two punch, and then of course you know uh, he brought up Oswaldo Cabrera, then Perez and, and and the Bader. I mean, look, we yeah. missed.
1: I feel I, heard, I feel but, the media. I feel the media played a part in that. Um, we're we I I'm correct me if I'm wrong um this is me looking looking in um, the media what so now the fans are booing and now you got pressure from the fans and now you got the media printing every paper ikf needs to sit ikf this i I-K-, can or this guy needs to sit this guy needs to move up in the lineup this guy needs to go down in the lineup and i feel we're in a different era because uh Joe Torre didn't care about newspapers. He really didn't. Um, I feel we're in a different era because uh, now you got phones everywhere. Uh, you got a phone in your face every time. You got a camera in your face. Um, and if you're
0: Giannis, you got a foul, a foul shot being videoed where
1: and you get any little thing gets leaked and uh, you, you, you got trouble because the media is not going to let it down. So I feel the media played a part in in, in the judgment and the calling and decision-making of the Yankee organization and Aaron Boone, because that's not, doesn't come just from Aaron Boone. That comes as a whole collectively that that decision happened. And, you know, the guy did a great job. I like IKF. I don't think he's an, I think he's a backup. I don't think he's a starter, but you're right. This year he held his fort the best way he could. And I mean, the guy defensively, you know, made a couple of errors, but saved us a lot of games and helped you out. He got better people. over
0: the season. Let's put it
1: that way. Yeah, yeah. Let's put it that. Correct. Thank you. And you know, I I just feel as Yankee fans, we're we're tense because we haven't won in almost what twenty two years, or we have what two thousand nine was our last one.
0: Yeah, thirteen going on fourteen. Yeah, thirteen. So my biggest yeah. criticism, and you could agree, was the mm-hmm. car- their situation. Okay, you know. Oh, that was a beautiful. Yeah. It's not like the old days where these guys would come off the bench and then all of a sudden, I mean, this is pressure. He didn't do well, yeah. and I just thought, you know, you didn't play him at all in September, so my yeah. was leave him on the bench. I don't know why you want to put him in the starting lineup because you could have put, I, I don't know, uh, you know, a Goshioke or someone in there as well, you know. Yeah, I feel uh, we
1: we went in there hurting, and uh, you know, Alex better than anybody. That when a when a team goes into and you're in the postseason, you don't got time for breaks like a regular season. Uh when you go in with injuries, you had Hicks during the game get injured. You got, you know, some guys like Carpenter, you had a foot problem, didn't play all year, uh, didn't play all September. Um, so there's little factors that you go in and you, we were, we are a short bench as it was. It's not making any excuses, uh, because we don't believe in excuses in the Yankee world. Uh, but you know, you when you go up against uh, a Houston Astros, which I say they're, they're the new New York Yankees, whether you hate them or love them, um, they're a force. And when you got a team that's weak uh, and that's hurting, going up against a star-studded team that's healthy and 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 they're hitting you from every angle, I mean it. It can it can get you know frustrating, of course, to fans, to the players, uh, to the organization. Um, but that's just the thing, health is the most important thing and I think you know Carpenter gave us a good run when he came you know midseason uh was like lightning in a bottle with the home runs back to back I mean we were all like wow we, we got some power off the bench now and um I just think like you said it was just not the right timing of you know should somebody else should have got that roster spot and uh, just, hey, thank you, Carpenter, for what you've done for us. But, you know, you, you haven't grabbed a bat. Um, you, you, you At that point, you're just begging for, for another lightning in a bottle to strike twice in a season, and that's tough to ask for a lot from an athlete that's hurt.
0: Especially in a pinch-hitting role. But you know what? Um, mm-hmm. With all that being said, uh, I am so glad that we had this conversation. And, you know, I can't tell. Do you follow the Yankees daily? I don't know. I do You seem like you don't know anything about this team, but we do still. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I do. It's just I'm kidding with you. Of course, no, you do. No, I, 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 I love do. that. I, I love, you know, I even though I'm far removed from my my post, you know, Bat Boy career, uh, I follow them from spring training, Alex, till till the end of the last out of whatever round or World Series. I don't watch if the Yankees get eliminated, I don't watch the World Series. You asked me about the World Series, I did not watch one any because I'm a diehard, uh, I, I believe in you know if we lose, uh, it's a failing season, and uh, I feel that you know baseball is not baseball if the Yankees are not in it.
0: Well, then you must have been pissed. I was wearing a Philly shirt afterwards. You know, just... I'm not mad at you at that because you are brotherly love, and that is a brotherly love
1: <laughs> state. <laughs> and I'm and... only 30. I'm only 30 minutes removed, uh, uh, far, uh, you know, from Philadelphia. So hey, Rob uh, no, Thompson, see, I
0: mean, that was, a, that was a Yankee. Yeah. In a
1: way. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I met Rob Thompson as a bad boy. So I was really proud for him, but it, I just couldn't watch um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to see the Yankees in there and, you know, you didn't want to get any, you know, memories of, you know, bad taste, but you know, kudos to Rob Thompson as well. I mean, the guy's a great guy when he was with us as a coach, he loved the bad boys. He loved, he was well loved in the clubhouse Um he definitely, you know, turned that dynamic around for for the Philadelphia organization. After Joe Girardi, who's another great guy and deserves another chance to manage somewhere else, I think he was, you know, he didn't he didn't get a fair shot. But um, you know, well, baseball's like that.
0: It was the post firing of the whole anonymous uh, anonymous Yankees coming out and saying he was a rough manager. Big deal. You're you're a guy. Play the game. You know. Play the game. Yeah.
1: I mean. When when he was with us in 2009, I mean, uh, I, I was there when he was a, a catcher. You know, uh, uh, he always had that mentality of, you know, working hard, staying late. Uh, you know, even when the, the game was over, Girardi wasn't in the car going home. He was taking hacks in the batting cage. You know, he just loves the game. Uh, you know, everybody I talks
0: mean, about Laird's home run, but that triple against the Braves in the World oh, Series. Oh,
1: amazing. I, I was a fan at that point. I was watching that with my, with my dad. I, thank you you brought that up, Alex. I mean, the slide into third base, yo-yo. I mean, you know, stretching a triple, who, who would have thought? And it was a key moment in, 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 that, in that run. But um, he's a great guy to, to work with. Um, I wish and I hope and I pray that he does get another opportunity in the big leagues as a coach or a manager, um, because he really puts his all into things. Just people, the media are painting it a wrong way. He doesn't have a bad attitude. He's a very religious guy and his wife, Kim, is a beautiful person. Um, so, you know, hopefully he gets another job. But like I said, kudos to Rob Thompson uh, for what he's done. And, and, and you know, it, it, it goes shows you that you come from the Yankee organization. No matter where you go, you're always going to be a winner because it's the mentality that George Steinbrenner has embedded in
0: all of us, a hundred percent. And uh, real quick, I saw him when he unfortunately got hit by the foul ball and was carted at wheeled out of the stadium. Then got to recover that, but that was a moment I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he just been he was another guy. He Mel and all of them back in the day at, at the gate, they all came through and said the hi, you know. So they were
1: yeah. They were Mel, let me tell you something, Mel Stahlheimer held us bad boys accountable if we didn't score runs um, funny, in a funny way Mel Stolomar, the late great Mel who I loved and adored uh, he was a great mentor to me as well and that's David Cohn's like, best best teacher and mentor as well um, Mel when I was in the dugout as a ball boy would throw pumpkin seeds in the back of my head if we were losing by one or two runs and he would, and he would <laughs> tell me hey Squeegee, get in the clubhouse and I would, you know, be doing I would be doing baseballs, like handing baseballs to umpires on every third foul ball. And I would have to have, whether it was George Brown the Bat Boy, do both, I would have to go sit in the coach's room on a small TV in the old Yankee Stadium, sit there and pray. And until Mel Stalemeyer would come in and say, Okay, we tied the game, you can go back out into the dugout. And he Superstition, it a tri-
0: man. What can yeah. I tell
1: you? <laughs> It would be a normal tradition every time he would throw pumpkin seeds at me. And I would look back and he was like, get me some runs. And, you know, yeah. it, was, it ah. was just beautiful stories that, you know, the old school way of baseball, you you, you need more of that now, I think. And, and that's what the hey, game Luigi, is missing. Can,
0: can people follow your Facebook page? I see it's public, so... Can they yeah. in, and hit the follow or like or even
1: yeah. friend you? Yeah, they can follow me. I follow back. I actually write to a lot of people. Like you know, they write to me on DM or comments. I I like people's stuff. I'm very interacting with with Yankee fans or anybody. Uh, they can follow me on you know Facebook. Uh, it's Luigi L U I G I Squeegee S Q U E G W E on Facebook and on Instagram is I
0: am Squeegee. I love that, uh, Luigi. Well, let's stay in touch. I might. I, I actually took the day off a week from Tuesday, so I'm going to venture down there, I think, to, to see you guys. I'm, I'd love to reconnect. It's been a while. So
1: Yeah, it's been a while, brother. Join
0: us if you want. I mean, we'll all be at Montclair State. Well, yeah, on the campus at the Yogi Bear Museum. A great museum, by the way. Great, beautiful museum, yes. Beautiful. Next time, you got to tell me Yogi stories next time and, and other stuff. And, of course, maybe when spring training. Because something about Steinbrenner Field – and legends Field, that Tampa month mm-hmm. feels very special. like I know, made
1: what? a promise. I made a promise to Ray. Uh, I've been two years. He's been asking me. So this year I'm going down for a week for spring training, uh, probably the third week
0: of February. Maybe we'll it was a live update from there. That'd be awesome. Hey, I'm yes. Alex Garrett. This sports spotlight has been on one Luigi, Luigi Castillo at Boy of the, you know, 98, uh, 99, when were you there exactly? All through the 90s? Or? All through the 90s, 98 to 2005. Amazing. Well, a lot of stories to come from you, I'm sure, in the next few uh, episodes. So we'll have you back. Thank you guys for having me, Alex. You know, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy holidays. God bless everyone. And uh, let's stay positive. Happy Thanksgiving, Luigi. And I'm Alex Garrett. This has been the Alex Garrett Sports Spotlight.